0: Your host for La Crosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, round two for me today on a Monday. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line, or the text line actually, because I'm going to do all the talking with Kathy Harris. She's with the NRDC. We're going to talk about electric vehicles. So if you have questions about electric vehicles, maybe Kathy might be able to answer them, or maybe I'll just pretend I can answer them. Uh is with the NRDC. Kathy, what I didn't write down is, you know, your fancy, super fancy position there at the NRDC.
1: <laughs> hey, Rick. Um, yeah, my name is Kathy Harris. I'm a clean vehicles and fuels advocate on our climate and clean energy program so at right. NRDC.
0: Okay, so first things first, let's just introduce people to what the NRDC is, what you're, what they do, and then what you do with, you know, in, in your position.
1: Sure. So NRDC is a, is a national nonprofit, um, and we aim to protect the environment and, and people. Um, and so we, my position, I work on the Clean Vehicles and Fuels team. And so we focus on reducing greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector. So we do that through advancing, uh, reducing emissions in cars, in trucks, and making sure that there's enough infrastructure in place to help support a transition towards uh, zero emission vehicles in the United States.
0: Are you are you one of those dark money groups that gives millions of dollars to politicians so that they? Is that you guys then?
1: <laughs> we my my work is all on advocacy um, in in the nonprofit space, but you know we we av- we are advocating for strong policies across you know at local governments that um state governments and at the federal level to you know support policies that will you know move move us to clean up our environment
0: yeah because i feel like we have you know groups that are are trying to do the opposite not that they're trying to destroy the environment and uh intentionally but you know big oil doesn't want everybody to go to evs because then big oil would probably cease to exist but is that kind of the goal is to ca- to to have big oil not exist anymore? Not that you're going after big oil per se, but what what happens when we essentially burn oil, right?
1: Yeah, you know, so we're aiming to try to reduce the largest sector of climate change and pollution, which is the transportation sector. So you know, we're seeing that there is this transition towards cleaner energy occurring. Um, you know, we've seen cars get more efficient over time anyway. And so, you know, I see kind of this movement towards electricity as a fuel source as kind of the next step in transition. You know, technology change changed over time. We've seen it in different industries across the board. But I think, you know, transportation and seeing this moving towards cleaner energy, um, which saves people money. It, you know, you don't have to go to, to gas stations with, you know, smelly gas when you refill anymore. So I think we're slowly seeing this transition and um, think that, you know, there's we're working to, to to accelerate that transition to provide those benefits to everybody.
0: So what happens when uh, headline today breakthrough in nuclear fusion could mean near limitless energy? Are we all going to be on fusion cars here pretty quick, Mister Fusion? That was Back <laughs> to the Future too. We this all the, this whole EV conversation is moot today because literally a story today says we're, we've discovered how to work on fusion, work with fusion. You know, I saw
1: the headline, but I haven't had a chance to <laughs> look into it yet. But you know, we're hoping that we can you know, help clean up the environment in any way we can
0: yeah do you do, have you seen back to the future too is that a movie that's right up your alley because you know flying cars cars that were run on trash
1: <laughs> i will admit that i am not a huge movie buff but i've seen the first one but i can't can't admit to seeing the second one
0: <laughs> sounds like sounds like something that you might have to do over christmas break uh back to the future too it's right up your alley Literally, to my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, some of the things on. Uh, so I'm just going to give her a quick rundown of some of the things we may or may not get to on this list, and then I'll look at the text line too six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four because because it's not that I need to. I have a lot of questions about EVs, but you're not going to be able to answer. All the questions, obviously, right? You're you're more working on advocacy in the environment and, and why why we need to switch, right? As opposed to um, where the lithium comes from to uh, make the batteries, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: All right. 608-785-7914. So some of the things I have is just, I mean, I kind of did it already, but like internal conv- combustion engines, uh, why that's bad for the environment. Um, are you cool with hybrid engines? Um, infrastructure wise, do you, now you're, you're pretty good on whether or not we need what we have here. Kathy is quick trips on every corner, quick trips, our gas station, but you also can go in, and get a hamburger in there. And it's not like in the area, it's not like one of those things Are like really, you're getting a gas station hamburger, you're getting gas station, fish sandwiches are you crazy that we don't like in lacrosse we don't have that uh trope like maybe across the nation somebody would ask that right i don't know if you have a a gas station chain that's on every corner
1: yeah i am um, i'm from the philly region so we are we are very uh big fans of wawa,
0: <laughs> wawa okay now can you go into wawa and get uh get get lunch or or would that be frowned upon
1: Oh no! Wawa is the place to get lunch in the Philadelphia region. Oh, that really? Was cheap, so I won't I won't open up that debate, but yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, and it's a gas station chain.
1: It is. Yes. Yeah.
0: So this would be perfect if we switch over because you would park your car, fill it up with electricity, and then take what 15, 20 minutes to eat lunch.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we're actually seeing um, a lot of the Wawas of the world doing just that. Um, you know, having having charging stations available at you know, they're they're with gas as well, but having the charging stations and, and people using it, you know, and running into Wawa and getting some food and then coming coming back out and their their car is is fully charged.
0: Yeah, that that's interesting. Um, but we're also going to talk about why we might not need electric vehicle stations like quick trips or electric vehicle charging stations at every Quick Trip uh in, in Lacrosse and across the nation, uh, so to speak. Let's see here, what else? The tax credit. I have a lot of beasts with the tax credit and you could tell me if you know, uh, we're going to give you seventy five hundred dollars in "quote unquote" tax credit when you buy an EV. Um, I, I want to give you my take on that, and then you can tell me if we've we've uh, you know if I'm wrong wrong there. Um, and then charging infrastructure. What about Kathy? What about uh, just the what about the human infrastructure of this in in La Crosse? So the last time I checked in on this, and this probably uh, maybe a, maybe a year or two ago. So it might might change a little bit, but I, I doubt it changed much the human infrastructure is what I, what i'm talking about is somebody that can work on an electric vehicle um, electric vehicles have made my my dad obsolete and they're almost making my brother so both of my dad and my brother are mechanics uh, it's probably going to make my brother obsolete so when my car breaks down and in lacrosse, also they don't really have an electric vehicle mechanic because they're not really selling electric vehicles is that something that you would you would understand i, I can- touch on it briefly yeah okay um and then i won't get into the uh the whole lithium thing that's on my and then maybe battery range uh (laughs) weight of vehicles i have all these things anyway let's take a break brad's got to do the news we'll let kathy kind of uh just kind of ingest all of that and see see where we go from there 608-785-7914 is the text line if you have questions as well we're talking with kathy harris from the nrdc All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line if you want to shoot me a text. You got in, you got questions about electric vehicles and I have to vet them because not Kathy Harris with the NRDC, she's the clean vehicles and fuels advocate, but she's not going to be an expert in everything all EVs. And I don't is there a person Kathy at the NRDC that's an expert on all things EV?
1: You know, I can I can try to answer as many as I can. Um, you know, we have a, a small but mighty team that works on on all of these across the, the board, from from cars to trucks to, to infrastructure development. So, um, yeah, happy happy to answer what I can though.
0: All right. So the easiest, I think, the easiest question for me, and, and maybe it just gives you the best answer, is why do we need to switch to electric vehicles?
1: Yeah. So it's a really it's a really good question. Um, so you know, the transportation cars and trucks, they produce the largest amounts of emissions. So if we're thinking about improving air quality, um, if we're trying to improve health, um, zeroing out emissions from that sector, from our cars and our trucks, is is a key strategy to be able to improve air quality and and human health, Um, less, you know, those reductions in asthma cases and hospitalizations and all that kind of stuff. So from that perspective, it's really important. But I think that we're also, um, you know, Electric vehicles are also a key way to help save drivers money. Um, I know over the summer, we all saw how high gas prices got. And we know, though, that charging with electricity is a much more stable price. You know, electric bills do not change or the price of electricity does not change that much month to month or year to year over time. So if drivers are looking to help to save money and not have to be reliant on those volatile spikes of gas prices, going electric is, is the way to go. So, you know, we see both the air quality and health benefits, but then also some strong economic benefits as well.
0: I don't know if you know this, but if number if number one and tell me if I get this wrong, air pollution is is vehicles, like internal combustion, essentially. Do airplanes fit in that? Is it travel? Are airplanes part of that? And then what would be number two?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So the so cars and trucks, are the largest source of the transportation, of like the pie. So, you know, obviously we have ships and planes. Those, those are also components. But when we look at the transportation sector, um, the, the the trucks and buses are, are the, la- the significantly largest chunk of the pie.
0: All right. So it's those guys with the giant dualies, the huge mutters on their truck. It's those guys, right? We need to get those guys off the road.
1: Yeah, so the the, the, <laughs> the diesel trucks in particular are you know really bad for human health. You know they emit a lot of um, pollutants called NOx emissions, um, which we know are particularly bad and and particularly matter too. So um, moving towards transition and for, towards the zero emission vehicles for those is really a key component to like help people be
0: able to breathe better you took that way too serious but that's fine um (laughs) is it some eyes though is some eyes part of this because when you talk about diesel i mean i think a lot of like some you 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 mentioned buses and lacrosse is transitioning we've got a couple of ev buses joe biden came to town and talked about our ev buses uh, a couple summers ago or maybe last summer everything's everything crunches together during a pandemic um but yeah is some eyes part of this uh dilemma
1: uh, like semi-trucks?
0: Yeah, are they like a big part of this? Because you mentioned diesel, and I think a lot of diesel, semis are diesel.
1: Yeah, so when we're thinking about like pure pollution, cars are actually the largest portion, but then when we dig deeper into some of those other pollutants that I mentioned, like NOx and oh, okay. particulate matter, it's those larger trucks are the, are the largest uh, percentage of those. But we know that there's obviously a lot more cars on the road than than semis.
0: All right, so what happens? So I think the the next Thing that people f- okay so if we're not going to fuel our cars with gas because when we burn gasoline in our cars it pollutes and that's bad for the environment and one question could be like why is it bad for the environment but the other question is like okay if we go to electric how are how are we getting that electricity is there another conversation to be had here where we have to change our infrastructure into how we're powering our power stations. And we kind of, we're seeing that a little bit, but just the idea that we're burning, are are we burning too much coal then? If everyone gets an EV, are we going to have to burn more coal, which would be counterproductive?
1: Yeah. So if you actually look at, there's a couple of sources um, from the U.S. Department of Energy that you can actually plug in your zip code today using the current electric grid mix to kind of see how, an electric vehicle would compare to a gasoline vehicle in your zip code. Um, and so we're even seeing with how the electric grid is at this moment, and you can type in even, you know, counties that are notoriously heavy, heavy coal pollutants. We're still seeing that gas, that electric vehicles are significantly cleaner to drive per mile than than a gasoline car. Um, when when comparing even to the current mix. And so one of the cool things, though, about electric vehicles is, to your point, you know, as we add more renewable energies onto the electric grid, this is the only form of transportation that's going to get cleaner over time. You know, gasoline vehicles are going to be gasoline vehicles, and we're not going to see much, if any, improvements of of pollutants over time. But when we transition to electric, we're going to see those emissions continue to decrease as we add more renewables onto the grid.
0: We're speaking with Kathy Harris. She's the Clean Vehicles and Fuels Advocate for the NRDC. Um, all right. So, and I, I, you know, all these questions. At the, the when we talk about pollutants, the next thing I would want to talk about is like, okay, well, when the, when the battery goes bad in ten years, have we figured out what to do with the batteries or how do we get the batteries? Um, not exactly your expertise. So, uh, just for anyone that's wondering, you know, because we're trying to talk about the environment and why it's, you know, why we need to. Uh, make this switch over, but there's always pluses and minuses. I would say that the pluses outga- outweigh the minuses in this regard, right? In terms of burning internal combustion, the internal combustion engine, burning gasoline, burning oil versus EVs and all the negatives that come with that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When we, we call it like well to wheel um, and like life cycle emissions from vehicles, and there's been countless studies that have shown that, again, even today, Having an electric vehicle over the course of its lifespan is is cleaner than than a gasoline vehicle, and just on the battery recycling piece, you know, I, there are a lot of initiatives that are taking place right now on how we can. Improve recycling for these batteries, and and ways to make um, make them cleaner and more efficient as well. So these are these are active conversations that are that are occurring, and we've already seen investments this year um, towards those 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 uh, methods and new companies popping up that are coordinating with car companies in terms of recycling as well. So this is definitely an active conversation and something that. Decision makers as well as companies are, are are looking into more.
0: Is this the hardest job at the NRDC because the the technology is changing in every regard? Like whether it's power companies switching over, we have a power company here that's you know building. They're a they're building a, a natural gas plant in in northern Wisconsin, which is kind of frowned upon. But b they're also building solar plants, they're if you want to call them plants farms, I guess. Um, but then the technology for the battery themselves, I think you'll see every maybe every year or two. The the length the the mileage of a battery goes to 250 and then it's 300 and then it's 350. So um, I don't know. It just seems very, it's very complicated. the 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 amount of things that we're we're like trying to transition into this field into the electric vehicle field, but the electric vehicle field is also transitioning. It's it's almost like buying a, a laptop or something like that. Only only the laptop's 50 grand.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I think I would say it's a fun time to be in this field. You know, I think we're seeing not only, um, you know, investments coming from the federal government to help build out charging infrastructure, but like seeing automakers, you know, make it make big and bold announcements about how excited they are about the electric future. You know, you watch. TV now, you can't help but see advertisements for, for electric vehicles, which would have been unheard of, you know, four or five years ago. So I think that it's really an exciting time and really a cool time for, for new technology to be coming into the forefront of um, of the in this space.
0: Now, obviously, Tesla is the most popular electric vehicle out there. Are we seeing other vehicles? And we just have a m- two minutes here before we go to break. Are we seeing other vehicle companies catch up to Tesla at all, or are they way out, way out in front? And I, I guess what kind of changes do other car companies need to be to, to catch up
1: Yeah, almost every single manufacturer, um, auto manufacturer has made announcements and commitments towards new um, EV uh, models within the next couple of years. Some of them are even announcing full electric vehicle lineups within the next 10 to 15 years. But so for today, drivers, there's, there's 68 electric vehicle models available. So that just gives you a sense of, you know, there's three or four of Tesla, but there's 68 other models from other manufacturers out there. So we're really seeing that this is not just Tesla space, but that the GMs, the Fords of the world are also coming and, and meeting this moment where we are at.
0: How difficult is that to navigate? Because every car company, like a part of me, and I, I talked to you about, about this off the air, part of me is like the car companies almost have to coordinate if we go to the gas station, we can just fill up with gas. But is it just that easy with a car company in terms of the, the batteries could be different? The the way we charge them could be different. The literal, literally, like Tesla has its own network. Can I take my Ford and hook up to the Tesla network? Stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so there are standards in the industry. Um, and to your question on the charging in particular, um, Tesla does have its own unique Charger, I kind of make it akin to an, an Apple product versus a PC product um, or Android product. But I know Tesla's announced that they're opening up their network to other charging companies or other, other um, mm-hmm. vehicles beyond theirs. And we're seeing there's more standardization of, of the plugs for the Fords and the GMs of the world as well.
0: 608-785-7914, some of you are writing books to me on the text line, and I appreciate all the text, but I can't read the whole book, so I'll keep it keep it short. Kathy Harris is on with me. We're going to keep this conversation going after the break. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. I was going to say Brenda Lee is on with me, and she kind of is. She's singing right now, but Kathy Harris is also on with me with the NRDC. She's the clean vehicles and fuels advocate there. Um, all right, so so a couple of texters. So some of them are relevant, and some of them aren't. And, you know, a lot of people, Kathy, wanted to talk about, like, again, the where we get the lithium, where we get the battery, how we recycle the battery. Uh, I got to bring someone else from the NRDC on to talk about that. Um, but, but we did mention that the, the good outweighs the bad when it comes to that, because the amount of, because nobody ever, when we talk about oil, Kathy, we never talk about like where we get the oil, you know, how, what happens to the oil when it's, when it's, you know, used up. I think, uh, I think my brother burns it in his heater in his garage, which probably isn't great for the environment. Um <laughs> But you know, like there, there's an oil spill. Uh, one of the, the Keystone Pipeline, a huge oil spill in Kansas, like the biggest one in a decade. So, like we, you know, like th- there's that. That happens. We don't talk about that stuff in terms of because the oil infrastructure is already there and set, and it's not like the the bad we already are used to. Maybe is that may- how the, how we're taking that? It's always funny. We never we never criticize that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's very true. Um, but a fun fact, uh, I can throw that out there: that actually, the electric vehicle was created at the same time as the, the gas vehicle. So the, the electric vehicle technology has been around for over a hundred years. It's just now finally, finally getting into the mainstream.
0: What were we running an EV on in 1920, or whatever year it was? <laughs> I don't know what Model A is like 1920, so I'm just picking a year.
1: Somehow, somehow, they made it work. I'll have to follow up and send you a picture. <laughs> it must
0: be like it must be like you had to pedal it and it created electricity or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, I always say I always say like at the why when you're riding those bikes, those bikes should be hooked to batteries and they should be just charging. We should all be every time we exercise, we should be charging batteries. <laughs> Get on that. But I, that
1: think- that's like, I, I think you're joking, but that's actually a really. Another component about EVs that we haven't talked about yet, which is that they can actually be used as storage. So, um, you know, they are, when we are talking about, um, you know, charging the vehicles, um, you know, refueling it from charging stations, they, those, some battery technologies can actually be used that you can pull energy from the battery to, um, you know, power houses or power generators and blackouts. I know, like the Ford F one hundred and fifty Lightning, which is you know Ford's new electric vehicle. That's one of the big talking points that they've been highlighting. is the fact that this can be used to power construction sites, or to power homes in blackouts, or anything like that. So, you know, there, there, the battery technology is really cool, and we're seeing it improve all the time. But that's definitely another benefit to electric vehicles as well.
0: Yeah, let's see, my friend's parents have one of these, and it's huge, and it's outside, and it's it, it runs on gasoline because it didn't run one day because. It was out of gas but uh, it's this huge generator but yeah that's that was interesting because they're like I don't know a couple thousand bucks if you wanted a generator just in case you know in case you got a couple thousand bucks to burn when the when the lightning strikes um, but now you can use the lightning literally the Ford lightning to uh, <laughs> to power your truck um all right so I at the beginning of the show I talked about the idea that uh, we we have quick trips in town and you were to saying you have wawas in Philly Oh, somebody did text me, uh, do you have an EV yourself? Because, you, you know, if you're the advocate, do you, do you have an EV and, and do you experience, you know, all things EV?
1: So I, I actually live in New York City, so I don't have a car up here. But I do use electric transportation every day with our subway system. Um, but one of my proudest moments is that I actually got persuaded my parents to get an electric vehicle. So they, they have a 2016 Nissan Leaf. So they have been been driving around for for several years now, and um, was a uh, uh, I know my mom my mom loved it. So uh, so even though I don't have one, I was able to my parents persuade my parents to get one, and there's there's no looking back. And I know my my dad said his his car is probably going to go soon, so he's looking into a plug in hybrid as well.
0: Now, is your dad like typical male, and he needs you know like a mocky or something like that when he gets his when he gets a car?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Because that's what I want. The thing is,
1: though, is that there's lots of options available. You know, the Nissan Leaf is kind of a traditional, like, hatchback car. um, But now we're seeing the, you know, F-150 plug-in or um, pickup trucks, which are electric. We're seeing, like, the Machis which is more... I would say almost a quasi SUV, you know, larger sedan. But we are seeing, like, uh, crossover electric vehicles as well. So there's really a wide variety of different models and and types of vehicles available now. We're kind of past the the point of, you know, smaller traditional electric vehicles. And now there's there's options for everybody.
0: When you see stuff like that, even, like, even the Lightning, and I think Hummer's got an EV or is going to have an EV. And uh, me and my brother had a conversation about how heavy that is and how destructive that might be for the roads. Another conversation for another person – But is it is it the American culture to have like even even an EV? We got to have a muscle car EV, um, and and what is it like uh, you know over there on the other side of the world? Like where are they at with EV infrastructure, and are they or is this more of a culture thing where we need to have these individual cars for everybody?
1: Yeah, you know the uh, other countries around the world are are starting to accelerate this transition towards zero emission vehicles as well. Um, You know, Germany, surprisingly, is actually um, a huge, or they're increasing their amounts of electric vehicles. In 2021, 26% of their vehicle sales were electric. So, you know, Germany, we normally kind of associate as similar kind of car lovers, but they're already at 26% sales um, from from last year. And I can only imagine that that has increased this year with an increase of like 23% over the previous year. So, you know, we're seeing Germany, we're seeing the European Union more broadly in this transition. So, you know, countries around the world are, are really starting to make this transition as well. And in a lot of ways, the United States is actually behind a lot yeah. of our um,
0: okay, other countries. G- Germany, 26%. Where is the U.S.?
1: Um, the U.S. right now, I just looked it up, I think it's at about 6% across oh. the country.
0: You would know Germany is and not the U.S. You work here. What do you do? No, I'm just kidding. Six uh, percent. That's awful. Um, yeah, we're just behind. But the but the culture isn't any different, right? They're, they're, they're gonna. It's not like everybody like because you sell, you see like Vietnamese. Everybody's in. You know, everybody seems to be on a moped. I guess I'm taking. You know, or they're all riding bikes. But uh, you know, the cultures are different. But uh, so a lot of the world's kind of the same as we are. They just want, but they're they're transitioning a little bit ahead of us. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and they want their. And I know
1: six percent doesn't seem that high in the U.S., but I will say that you know we're seeing it increase exponentially year over year. Cause that's the average across the country, so it seems slow, but it's it's really progressing significantly year over year, which is amazing.
0: All right, yell at me if I don't do this, but I want to. I want you to explain to us how the ins and outs of buying an EV and with a tax credit, like get, taking advantage of that. But before that, uh, we did talk about like we have a quick trip on every corner here in Lacrosse. Just about it's kind of a joke. Uh, Even Quick Trip makes jokes about it on their social media. Um, Do we need all the Quick Trips per se to transition to have, you know, if we transition slowly, but do they all need to have some type of electric vehicle charger? Do we need an infrastructure like that in terms of, uh, you know, making this transition to an all EV economy, so to speak?
1: Yeah, so having an electric vehicle is is different than a gas vehicle, because if you have a garage at home or a place to charge at work, um, the, with the vehicle mile ranges that we're seeing nowadays, which are you know averaging 250, 300 miles per, per charge, that is really going to cover 90% or more of, of the day-to-day trip of an average driver. So as long as you can get to and from your destination um, within that range, it's almost like having a gas station in your home um, one that doesn't smell like like gasoline um, so you know have, being able to you know have that that charging overnight you um, is 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 another really big benefit that you don't longer have to necessarily go out to a station to to refuel. Um, but you can do it in your garage at home while you're sleeping and while your car is, is just sitting idle. Or similar for work, too, if there is a charging station at work while your car is just sitting in the parking lot all day. We know cars sit idle for most of their lives using that idle time to actually refuel so you don't have to do any additional work or go anywhere else. So, I think you know that's a really big benefit. I think where we need public charging stations more is at those kind of destinations, so you know, like work or at places where you might be shopping where your car's sitting idle for a long time. but then also um, if you're you know traveling a large distance, so throughout throughout the state or you know when those times you need to travel more than the two hundred or three hundred miles. So we're seeing a lot of those investments. Um, there was some federal funding that came out that I know each state um, including Wisconsin has applied for which will help build out those larger networks of the charging infrastructure and and you know allow vehicles to charge um, in like 20 or 30 minutes so to your point Rick you know running into um, into this into a store to get a, a burger or you know just catching up on the news for the day um, you'll be you know be able to get on your way and, and refuel
0: yeah, it's something um, that. Yeah, it's, it's something that nobody thinks about like, oh, it's going to be difficult because there's not I'm not going to be able to find a, a charging station wherever I go. But actually, you won't have to find a charging station because, you know, sometimes sometimes, Kathy, I'll run my car so low, uh, empty that uh, and I live about six miles from a gas station and I'll get to the garage and I'll be like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the gas station. So then I get my little red gas can and I'm pouring a little bit of gas into the into my gas tank just to make sure that I make it. Uh, we won't have to do that. You won't have to go to the gas station because you have it in your car. And how many people are making, you know, over three hundred mile trips, uh, to to what to whatever to even you know a couple of weeks from now go home for Christmas? Is it three hundred miles you're going to have to go? It's only then that you're gonna you're gonna have to think about you know where where to charge.
1: Absolutely, and I did. I did find a, a fun fact though for you because I know we were talking about Quick Trip. They actually installed a first uh, EV fast charging station in Minnesota. So Quick Trips might be might be turning the corner <laughs> as well.
0: Yeah, I would say Quick Trip. Yeah, there, I'm not. I wasn't ripping on Quick Trip at all because. Um... I think they're they're probably like trying to keep ahead of this stuff as well as and we're seeing car companies as well do this right like everybody's trying to catch up to this when you say 6% auto sales is is quite a bit um, that that number is going to probably jump quite a a, a lot in, in the next couple of years don't you think
1: yeah absolutely and you know as as you just said um car companies are really getting on board with this transition as well they've already announced over a hundred billion dollars of investments towards advancing electric technology in their vehicles so that's like billion with a b so you know this is not small amounts of investments that these companies are doing so they're really helping you know accelerate this transition as well
0: all right so i i did remember okay if you buy a new car, so in the in the past, when I was looking at I have a I bought a car about right before the pandemic, I bought a car and it's the an internal combustion, but it gets 40 miles a gallon, so don't yell at me, Kathy. Um <laughs> w- when I was looking into this, the the tax credit, first of all, I was like, do does the government even take seven so you get a seventy five hundred dollar tax credit from from for a whole slew of cars a year. Uh, until it runs out, but you get, essentially. Let's just pretend you want to buy a new EV. You're going to get a seventy five hundred dollar tax credit. And my first thought was like, I don't even know if they take seventy five hundred dollars out of my check. Would I get all of that tax credit? And also, like, is there is, are there tiers to this? Because if I'm making a million dollars, the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit does nothing for that person, and he's just going to buy a he's going to buy a seventy five thousand dollar EV, and the seventy five hundred is going to be free. So if there's no limits on who gets the tax credit, then car companies are just going to charge $7,400 more for their EVs, and therefore the tax credit is moot. So the government doesn't actually help with the subsidy.
1: Yeah, so the tax credits um, are actually changing a little bit after um, the Inflation Reduction Act was passed federally. Um, So it's changing from, you know, if you had purchased the vehicle earlier this year but they, they take into account some of the considerations that you just raised. Um, so now there's actually some income caps. Um, so, you know, to your point, you know, people who make a million dollars would not be eligible for, for that. Um, but they're also making it for only vehicles under $55,000 would be eligible. And what I think is also really, and important, too, is that they're now doing um, what they're calling a point of sale option, which helps for folks who might not have that high of a tax obligation to be able to still maintain the full value of, of that tax credit um and help to offset the the higher upfront cost of their vehicle um so that's really great and then the other thing too is that they're finally putting in um, a tax credit also for used electric vehicles so in the past they were only available for new cars but now we're you know going to have availability for used rebates as well Um, and we know that the majority of folks purchase used vehicles when they're going out to purchase a a car so that's also going to help um as well get more people into cleaner vehicles and help realize those
0: those benefits um i, I know that the state of minnesota has been talking about like a two thousand dollar tax credit on top of the seventy five hundred dollars do you see a lot of states do you hear a lot of states doing the same thing like a like wisconsin has a six point six billion dollar budget surplus minnesota has a seventeen point six billion dollar budget surplus they got to deal with uh, a tax credit for evs you know might might be in the works i don't know if other states are doing that
1: yeah, that's that's not an uncommon thing for other suits to do. Some do tax credit. some do just rebates off of the, the price of the vehicle. So um, that's definitely something we've seen elsewhere as well. All
0: right, I don't I don't know if I have any other questions. I mean, I have like a million questions, but th- is there anything <laughs> that I didn't get to? Uh, you know, and like I got like two minutes that that I, that maybe we should push out there about EVs. I mean, the, the, well, I guess I thought of it. now. I was filibustering the. <laughs> Uh, How important is it? Because just like, what are the effects? You talk about the health effects. Is there more than that? I mean, when we talk about the whole point of switching over is is climate change and and, and the the pollutants that come from internal combustion, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, you know, this is, um, there's a myriad of benefits from the transition. And so to your point, we're really addressing the largest source of climate pollution, um, which is a major concern, but also improving air quality, improving health, and then also providing those economic benefits for drivers so that we're saving Wisconsin's money at the at the, the proverbial pump.
0: All right. That's Kathy Harris. She's the clean vehicle and fuels advocate for the NRDC. Kathy, thanks so much. Now you'll have to like just send me somebody that can talk to me about lithium mining. Just let me know.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> right, it's a pleasure talking to you. All
0: right. See you later.
1: <laughs> Bye.
0: All right, we're going to take one more break. We'll wrap up. It's our business. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just to go, uh, a couple of minutes here before I'm done. But I, I did want to answer a couple of texts in my own way. Um, some of these were just kind of out of Kathy's wheelhouse and and we could we could try to find people to talk about this i mean i've talked about mining in minnesota a lot so the i i get it like how do we get the battery minerals out of the ground and who's doing that who's pulling the minerals out of ground right because a lot of times that's over there quote, quote unquote over there um other side of the world and it's not it's like slave labor right so there's there's downsides to to all that in terms of the environment, though, however, however, it's it sounds to me like however we're pulling the grou- the stuff out of the ground, and however the long the batteries last and what happens to the batteries after the fact, all of that outweighs just burning gasoline. And you, you ne- we never nobody ever cu- criticizes well, not nobody, but um, when we talk when we question EVs and electricity and how we're getting the electricity, we never question the oil and what happens. I mean, we have oil spills all the time, and they're just like meh. Like no big deal, Kansas biggest oil spill in a decade just at the Keystone pipeline. So, um, Dennis said there, or, or John said Germany is reopening coal plants again. If we all if we burn coal to get all our electricity, it would outweigh the benefit the 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 hindrances or the the environmental impact of of burning gas. So uh, yeah, if they're going to open coal plants, it's it's better for the environment to burn coal than to burn gas. Um, I think every <laughs> every question in that regard would be would be that.